Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. And now, where the paranormal meets the sacred, and all topics in between, live from Los Angeles, California, welcome to the Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show, with your host, Shaw McCain. Hi everybody, I'm your host, Shaw McCain, and I'd like to welcome listeners to the Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show. My show is created to provide an open-minded platform that welcomes the gifted and extraordinary thinkers from every walk of life and circumstance. Please follow the Paranormal and Sacred on Facebook for upcoming events and special speakers from around the world. We're also on Twitter. And we are translating to many different languages for listeners outside the country, we're proud to say. And the call-in number tonight, if you want to speak with our guests and ask any questions, is 619-924-9744. And the Paranormal Sacred airs every Friday night, standard time. During the show, I can take questions in order in chat, or you may call in with your questions to speak with our special guests. Remember, any buzz killers and chatter on the phone will be kicked out, and I'll put a block on you so you won't be able to call again. So just play nice and be polite. And I would like to say uh, happy birthday to everybody. And also my my cousin, Dean Chester, out in Poughkeepsie, uh, is uh, 39 today. And uh, I want to say happy birthday to him. I love you, Dean, and uh, God bless you, and kiss all the relatives for me. And um, also... We uh, have uh, I have a couple of announcements before we get our guests on. Um, you know, I love Marilyn Salas. She's Captain Salas's uh, wife, and they're a beautiful couple. And she's is, they're made a beautiful home in Ojai, California. And she's actually a counselor and does uh, blessings and uh, all kinds of healing things. And anyway, I think they're going back to like Native American roots and things like that. And uh, they work on this stuff together. But Marilyn has made. Uh, this essential oil mist that is so beautiful. It smells like incense. It has like 26 different essential oils in it. And she has a beautiful crystal on the bottle. And anyway, um, I love her and you'll love her too. And uh, it's called Love's Blessing. And it's a meditation and healing mist. If you want to order yours, go ahead to her website, www.lovesblessing.com. And that's Marilyn Salas. And if you want me to heal her or a counselor, she's a wonderful person to talk to. And they're out in Ojai, California. They do make trips to Los Angeles once in a while. And I want to tell you about my personal support group. It's called Ciro. And Ciro is a place for abductees, people with PTSD and things like that to actually attend. And it's uh, we have just uh, the nominal for membership. And uh, we have guest speakers come to get Ciro International from all over the world. 
And it's an organization that really supports UFO experiencers and gathers together experts from around the world for presentations. So the, our, our fearless leader is Yvonne Smith, and she's a light, licensed therapist in the north, north of L.A. area, and she's also available in offices down the Beach area if you want to go down there. So uh, if you need her, she's there. And so you go to – actually, you go to Ciro, www.cerointernational.com to drop her a note. And also uh, uh, at that site, you can actually email her, and her phone number is there. So – uh, go ahead and contact her. Now, I got two Texas cousins. You know, I'm going to have more Texas cousins than that, but the two I'm talking about is Chris and Tracy Simpson. Anyway, we have a lot in common. We just ran into each other after years and years, and we had like 250 uh, friends in common on Facebook. I'm going, what the heck's happening here? Anyway, she's actually a Ghostbuster. So they do Texas ghost tours, and it's a small world, and of course, I have cousins involved in this. And uh, because Chris and Tracy Simpson are owner, tour guide, and they're actually mediums, and they do paranormal investigations. If you want to go on, go ahead and go to tours at yacht.com, and you can reach them by phone at 713-562-0429. Now, I have a very special guest tonight that is quite amazing. And uh, Diane Brandon, Brandon is an author of three books, Dream Interpretation for Beginners, Understand the Wisdom of Your Sleeping Mind, Intuition, uh, it's a bit, okay, Easy Ways to Awaken Your Natural Abilities and Invisible Blueprints. And I have posted the books and uh, the links on the show page. And uh, as well as several articles, and I was reading her articles that are also very interesting, and uh, The Long Way Around, How 34 Women Found Lives They Love and Seeking Out, and she's currently writing another book, Born Aware, Memories of Those Spiritually Aware Since Birth. And then I found out through my little research about her that she has been born spiritually aware since birth. So we're going to find out more about that. And uh, she's also a trailblazer, and um, she actually graduated Benjamin Franklin Senior High School for the Academically Gifted in New Orleans, and she attended Duke University and graduated with an A.B. in French. And then she did master's work at radio, television, and motion pictures at the University of North Carolina, where she now resides. And she's also attended Tudor, a language institute in Geneva, Switzerland, for French studies. That's, she's quite an amazing lady, and we want to hear all about her. So let's get back, and we're going to welcome her to the show Oh, uh, welcome. You're live on Paranormal and the Sacred. How are you, Diane? Wow. I'm fine, Char. You sound it is amazing. So nice to <laughs> well, I don't know. Just a little bit of this, a little bit of that. <laughs> yeah. You. And, you know, I'm just so, it's just so awesome when somebody, the way I feel, when they can go off into, uh, I can tell you're following your heart's desire and your interest, which is such a, a wonderful opportunity in somebody's life. And what I wanted uh, to ask you right off is, like, where did you grow up and uh, what were your experiences in your family and uh, your influences in your family? Oh, that is such a good question, Char. I'm going to have to really think about mm-hmm. that. I, I was born and raised in New Orleans, and my family was, you know, just kind of a you know, regular mainstream middle class family, and uh, my father, I think, you know, was was quite a visionary. Though he didn't really get to do much with that. I think I was probably the weird one in the family. So, 
none of these things was was really discussed in my family. You know, certainly not the paranormal. Um, and so, you know, in some ways, this is just kind of me. <laughs> you know, I wasn't really. Yeah, I wasn't really encouraged in any way, shape, or form to be into this stuff. But, you know, as you, you touched upon it, I've, I've always remembered what I thought when I was born. So the spiritual awareness was always there with me. But, of course, you know, I, I was just trying to be the, you know, the, the, the regular kid in the regular family. And, and so some of this stuff I really could not start to explore until I was, I was older. I think it was in college that I started finding books on on sleep and dream research it was either college or grad school was so long ago i can't remember you know and so you thought did you follow any of like let's say carl young's or uh and i'm sure they forced forced you into reading freud but uh did you ever follow any of carl young's uh, information on sleep and your education not not really the, the 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 material i started reading in as an undergrad or in grad school was really the research you know the research you know the lab research that was being done and and a lot of that was being done back in the in the 60s and there was some information on on dreams but it's funny because i did not read jung's um concepts on it until much later or Freud's, and I started in grad school. My roommate was also interested in dreams, so we would interpret each other's dreams in the in the mornings, and that's when the dream interpre- interpretation started for me. But but it really also goes back to high school and college with explicating literature. For some reason, I was I was considered to be you know really good at that. So you know. That kind of comes together with dream interpretation because you know it's it's like it's like a different language and and I don't want to go off on tangents, but when we talk about interpreting dreams, certainly for the dreams that come from our unconscious and there are different potential sources of dreams, but when they come from our unconscious, our unconscious has its own vocabulary, so it's like you have to, it's like learning a foreign language um so, you know, my dream interpretation kind of sprang from some of the science I was reading with the with the research and a lot of my own I guess you'd call it my own exploration. So, um my approach to it, you know, when I did a radio appearance about 6 months ago, you know, the host said that my, I had a somewhat unconventional approach. <laughs> <laughs> So I think it's um I think it's 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 really come from my own exploration and my own interpretation. I've I've interpreted clients' dreams, you know, for several years. Um so, so mine is not really I'm sorry? Do you remember any dreams uh, that you could give us an example, the the ones that stood out to you, uh there's there's one i mean i have several in 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 my book dream interpretation for beginners which it hasn't even been a year since that book came out 
um, one that has, has stood out in my mind for many years was that of, of, of a guy who was in med school. And in his dream, he was on this train, and it was taking forever to get to the destination, and he was dressed up like a vampire. And and it was, you know, it was kind of a simple dream, and it was a simple interpretation, but it was fraught with meaning for him, because I knew, you know, he didn't want to be a doctor, and I and I said that. And he said, no, his parents wanted him to be a doctor. Because in the dream, he's, he's, he's on this train, it's taking forever to get to the destination. And, of course, if you're in med school, it's, med, it's not just the med school. It's, you know, internship and, and, and everything else before you get to be in practice. And he's dressed up in costume. He's not himself. Um, and, and the fact that he was dressed up as a, as a vampire almost touches upon, you know, sucking other people's blood. But for him, you know, in his mind, in his conscious mind, he was convinced that he was supposed to be a doctor because that's what his parents mm. wanted. But his unconscious was screaming maybe it, out. Maybe it was sucking his blood and lifeblood out of him. I, you know, I would say to, it's both. Yeah. It's both. And that's one beauty of dreams is any one part of a dream, you know, any one symbol in a dream, any one dream can have more than one valid meaning for the person who had the dream. But um, that, to me, is an example of a fairly simple dream that is, is, has huge meaning. And, and it was really speaking about the conflict between his conscious awareness and his unconscious. Because, again, in his conscious mind, you know, I'm on this path, this is what I have to do. You know, no bones about it, I have to do this. But his unconscious is screaming out, this is, this is not me, this is not me. So, yes, as you, you, know, say in chapter, you say in Chapter 1 of your dream interpretation book, uh, you say that they give you, uh, uh, dreams give you uh, insights for your personal unfolding and growth in life. There frequently are times when we not realize something is bothering us, yet our dreams may be trying to tell us there's something we need to address. And uh, do, are you into the, the the belief that it will keep knocking until you answer? That's what I I believe about this. <laughs> it'll, it'll keep it'll keep bugging you until you uh, answer or ask yourself the question. Yeah, and and I definitely agree with that, Char, because my sense, you know, from from working not only with dreams but but professionally with my intuition for years, and also researching intuition as a phenomenon, is that. I'm convinced that our unconscious is always trying to bring us to balance. So if there's something that underneath the surface is out of balance or is bothering us, even if we're consciously oblivious, yeah, yeah, we're going to be getting those messages. And some of those messages do come from our unconscious and they can come from other sources as well. Um, So I totally, totally agree with that, Char. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, the one that really got me was, this is uh, something that I don't believe a lot of people really talk about, but I do have a book that's at the editor's right now, and it's talking a lot about what uh, Yeltsin was talking about, is Dreams as Spiritual Guidance and Facilitation. And uh, I have a lot of dreams like that. Mm. 
Mm. Um, you know, there there are all sorts of things that can happen in that type of dream with, with spiritual guidance and when we're being spiritually facilitated. Sometimes we're taken places, you know, and, and we're taught things. Sometimes we bring back a conscious memory. But I think for most people, most people may not bring back a conscious a conscious awareness of it. I think it's wonderful that you do. And and you know, we have focused and I focused until probably the last year or so in in working with dreams on interpreting dreams. But there are all these other things that go on while we're sleeping and and the spiritual aspects. Oh. The spiritual aspects are huge. You know, I've been asked many times over the years, you know, what you know, why are you interested in dreams? And I used to joke and say, well, you know, it's because I love to sleep. Well, the truth is I do love to sleep because I'm not here. I think mm. that's the closest we can come while we're here to being back in in a non-physical state, whether we want to say on the other side or whatever we want to call it. And there, there can be these huge spiritual spiritual aspects of not just dreams but but of sleeping in general and and places we go and things that we experience and things that we're taught um or even going out you know either by ourselves or with other people and 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 helping or healing so there there are huge spiritual aspects of of what's going on when when we're sleeping have you had a uh, a dream that you can remember that was like pushing you forward into what you're doing now? Have you had a dream like that that you felt? I call them the big. I call them the big dreams. You know, whether you know you're changed when you wake up, you're actually a changed person. You know. I've had um, I've had a couple of past life dreams that struck me and the and the one in the category that you're talking about Shar happened when I was in grad school and it was it was it it it, it was not just a dream it was it was also I also had an out of body experience and that's the only time that I am, have been consciously aware of having an out of body experience but basically I was asleep and I heard a voice call my name and I tried to turn, you know, to my right, the direction that the voice seemed to have come from. And, of course, next to me, you know, next to the bed was this big piece of furniture. So nobody could have been standing there. And and so I couldn't detect anyone there. So it's like I thought, well, let me get up and go turn on the light. And I still remember it felt like I was peeling myself, you know, from the bed and instantaneously I was over by the door trying to turn on the light switch and I couldn't and I thought let me go try to pick up the phone and the phone was in my roommate's room instantaneously I'm in my roommate's room trying to pick up the phone and that's when I went oops I'm not in my body (laughs) so instantaneously I'm back in my body I'm awake I'm scared because you know this is the first time I've been out of body So I finally go back to sleep, and later that night I have a dream in which I'm in some house with these older women. Of course, you know, later I thought, okay, they were guides. 
and mm-hmm. and I was telling them about this experience, and I said, and it was even presaged two weeks ago by a dream I had that told me that something significant would happen on the full moon. Now, I don't think consciously I had remembered that dream from two weeks before, and at that point in my life I wasn't paying any attention to phases of the moon. But anyway, that's what I said to them in the dream, and one of them said this was a test. (laughs) I woke up and I thought, I guess I failed that test. (laughs) So for years I thought I had failed the test. And um, I think in some way that prepared me to start doing the intuitive work, even though that was, what, 20 years later that I started doing the intuitive work? So that's, that's the one dream I would put in that category, but it didn't, it didn't tell me to do that. I was pursuing performing. That's what yeah. I thought I was here to do, going back to what I thought when I was born. I thought, you know, you know, I knew I had to be back here. I didn't want to be back here, but I knew I had to be because there was something I was supposed to do, and I thought it had to do with performing. So that's the track I was on. So even this dream in grad school didn't, didn't shift my path. I think, if anything, it planted some sort of seed or prepared me in some way so that when I did start doing this work in 1992, even though I was going, what in the world am I doing, you know, for a few years, I think that dream was hugely significant, even if there was nothing that that externally externally manifested out of it until, like, over 20 years later. So um, I think... I think some people have those biggie dreams that point out a direction. You know, other people may not. Other people may just, you know, we're all spoken to in different ways. You know, I'm I'm huge on dreams. But but Are not you? everybody's going to. Okay. I'm sorry? So the big question. I am too. The big question, do you write down your dreams? I don't now. I did years ago. Okay. And I think. The reason why I don't now is I am I am so I don't even know how to put this char my my inner voice, my intuition, my my spiritual guidance are so integrated within me that I don't have a lot of dreams these days that are giving me huge messages because I get so many when I'm awake. <laughs> Yes, I, I think that what you're doing is what, what, what do we call it integrating, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I think that's uh, you're maturing on your life path, and uh, that could be. I really thought that that would happen to me, but I'm still having very odd like dreams that uh, um, it's, it's like some of them are actually end of life dreams. Also, are you so, being taught new things now? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is it's, this uh, is just uh, quite, another phase. It is. It's another phase, and it's it's uh it's a beautiful thing because I I don't even know if I uh, how what kind of life I would have without dreams. That's why I identified with what you were saying. Is that mm-hmm. and and the way you have gone into this, you know, so deeply, 
And uh, it's fascinating because um, other people will say, uh, I'm a counselor. I counsel federal prisoners. And mm-hmm. when I would ask sometimes about dreams and things like that, you know, and uh, they would say they don't remember or they don't have any dreams. A lot of people will say that. Yes. What, yes. Do, you, what do you think about that? When I well, would say the I total mean, opposite. Um, you know, biologically, unless there's a brain abnormality or a medication is is interfering, we all dream. We, be, you know, a lot of people don't remember their dreams because number one, they may not be interested in their dreams. Um, and number two, if you're sleep deprived, you tend not to remember your dreams because you're spending more time in the deeper levels of sleep. We tend to, we have dreams in all stages of sleep. We just we tend to only have dreams that we remember in the lighter stages of sleep and throughout the night we cycle up and down through the you know throughout the stages but it's later in the in the sleep cycle that we spend more time in those lighter levels where we have the dreams that we remember so if you're sleep deprived you may not be sleeping long enough to get to that part of the sleep cycle where you're having more dreams that you remember so that's what i generally see you know with people and it's funny because when i ask if somebody says, well, I don't remember my dreams, and I ask, are you, are you sleep-deprived? And, you know, nine times out of ten, they'll say yes. But the other thing, too, is some people are interested in their dreams. And, 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 and it could be, too, with your work, you know, with prisoners, that they may hmm. be hypervigilant. So, you know, that could affect the quality of their sleep. Quality of sleep and make these adjustments now. Um, you know, this is a, this is an important thing because you know we do have the luxury of kind of making our bed really nice and everything else. But we're talking about cardboard mattresses over there. They're having a hard oh. time and they have to roll over in place. They have to flip in place. Oh. There's not enough room. Mm-hmm. So that there's uh, the uncomfortable of being eight other people in the room or. You know, I had a method as I said, okay, earplugs, you have to have a knit hat and you pull that, put the earplugs in, you pull the wool knit hat, I mean the soft hat over your eyes and ears. You know, and it really helps people. Yeah. You know, but, you know, yeah. we're talking about like a difficult situation. And what would you advise them? Because, you know, clinically this could be a real problem for people. It could lead, it lead to other things. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Course, and I want to say something very briefly about that, Char, before I answer your question, and that is that in in the past approximately six to eight years, all this new research has been done on on the negative health impacts of not getting enough sleep, and there's a long list of health impacts. So, you know, if you're not sleeping enough or if you're not sleeping well, it will impact your health in, in a number of different ways. So, you know, to answer your question, I think I think the idea of of earplugs is an excellent idea to, to try to shut out, you know, noise that could keep you awake. The other thing I would recommend is is that they try some deep breathing and if there are meditation classes 
because that can help with relaxation. That can help with getting into one's center. Um, but it's admittedly a, a very difficult environment, you know, to get yeah. decent sleep in. Right. It's, a, it's just something that I had concerned of in the past, but I'm realizing now that this could, you know, have ramifications for people's well-being and mental health on top of Absolutely. it. Absolutely. It's a serious Absolutely. concern. Yes. Huh. Yes. Mm. Wow. Just never thought of it before. I knew that, but, you know, to talk about it and have it as a concern, uh, you know, is the, the truth. And I think military have the same problem. Oh, I would say definitely, because especially if they're, you know, in a combat situation, you know, they, they are hypervigilant and they tend to get a lot less less sleep. And, you know, some people can get by on on less sleep. Um, they're called short sleepers. But I think in our culture, a lot of people try to get by on less sleep when, when in actuality they need more. But yes, in a in a military situation, that that has to be impacting the health. Has to be right. And then of course our doctors and things like that. But I think in truck drivers, I think we're all going around sleeping deprived, really. But uh, now I think there are actually. Uh, laws in place where the truckers have to have to go to sleep and I I don't know if they're doing that for doctors and nurses yet. I don't I don't know that they are sure to be to be honest and I've been concerned about that for years because yeah. judgment judgment gets impaired not just that for me if I don't get enough sleep I can't even think straight you know I'll get a sore throat but if you're talking about a very precise career like like medicine and in diagnosing, if you're a surgeon, you know it can really it can really impair judgment. Um, you know, it's it's so severe that I was doing an intake one time. I was at a working at a DUI place, and this uh, guy was a uh, anesthesiologist. So I was doing his intake, and then all of a sudden he would pause. Now he had his eyes open. You know, he looked awake, but I can feel somebody's out. You know what I mean? Like if somebody yeah. moves away, if they're thinking or emotionally, I, I feel it like immediately. And uh-huh. he paused, and I knew he was sleeping. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so I, I kind of elbowed him. I said, what are you doing? And he went, oh, my God, you knew I was doing that? I went, yes. I said, uh, do you know how dangerous that is? He said, well, I do that because I don't sleep. You know, yeah. I've been up for how many days, and he actually is in a blackout, and I don't think he realizes what he's doing, that he's actually in a blackout. Yeah, it's like, a, I think there's a term, micro-sleep or something, something yes. like that, and and it is dangerous. It's dangerous for your own health, and it also is dangerous, you know, for the people you're around. You know, you can make a lot more errors. You know, it's right. it's we are a sleep-deprived culture. And in a way, I think it's wonderful that all this new research has been coming out to show people, you know, this these are the ways in which you are damaging your health by not getting enough sleep. But unfortunately, all that information is not out there to the public in the way it really needs to be, much less to, you know, med schools and and to the healthcare industry in general. And and not not even to to mention 
second shifts, um, mm-hmm. which, I mean, they have found a much higher incidence of, of cancer with people who work night shifts. Um, you know, there's some research showing that there's a link between exposure to light at night and a higher risk of cancer because the light may be interfering with the production of melatonin. And in actuality, of course, we, you know, as humans, we evolved in sync with the light-dark cycle. So, yeah, there's a lot of this that it's not a luxury to get enough sleep. It is not being lazy. It's good for your health. It's not just good for your health. It's necessary for your health. And, you know, I tend to get on my soapbox. <laughs> you just... You know, well, hard, but well, no, uh, you're not on. You've you've actually uh, uh, we're on the. weren't you in the past on the Health and Wellness Channel in Voice uh, of Voice America? And, and were you talking about these health issues? Because you're very much involved in uh, a, like a holistic approach to all this. Well, I did have a show on Voice America for about a year, and then I had a show on Web Talk Radio. For I had it on there for about five years, and then the last year or two I had it on Blog Talk Radio. But the last yeah. five or six years of my show, I was doing I was really covering green topics, which included environmental topics, wildlife, and alternative health. So yeah, yeah, Wonderful. those those have really been interests of mine. Right. So what yeah. is the sleep you practice? You're going to be an example to us. Uh, what should we be practicing in the night? Or, or well, what should we be doing? I would say, number one, try to have an attitude towards sleep that it is not an interruption of your schedule, but it is this wonderful, it's this wonderful activity, that's the wrong word, it's this wonderful pursuit in which you are filling up your inner reservoir. You are healing because there is healing that goes on while we're sleeping. It has spiritual aspects, and this is something you want to embrace and welcome. So that's just an attitude. The other thing I would suggest, some people talk about you know, sleep hygiene, which is the term that's used these days. So... Make sure that your 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 bedroom is conducive for sleep and have the things that you find necessary for sleep. And then even before you, you go to bed, there are things you want to do. You want to reduce your exposure to blue light, which comes from computers and, and laptops and smartphones. You want to really turn those off at least an hour, some people say two hours, before you go to bed because that blue light interferes with being able to get to sleep. It's really best to sleep in a very, very dark room. So you want to minimize any sources of light. We sleep best when when the temperature is cooler. I keep forgetting. I think it's like 60 to 65 degrees, something like that. But But... One of the things that happens when we go to sleep is that our body temperature drops. So, you know, that's one thing. If you have trouble getting to sleep, you can take a warm shower or warm bath because then when you get out, your body temperature will drop. Um, sometimes, I mean, I have uh, uh, an, a, an air filter in the room that produces like 
white noise, you know, that can be good for shutting out any ambient sounds, you know, from the outside. And what other things? Make sure they recommend not eating anything within two or three hours of bedtime because sometimes digesting a heavier food can interfere with getting getting to sleep. So those are some of the things that you want to, want to do to prepare for sleep. And again, I would really recommend thinking of sleep as this just this wonderful thing we we delve into. You know, there's some research that came out two or three years ago, Shar, and I love this. <laughs> love this. Yeah. They discovered that there is this like garbage removal system in our brain. It it actually clears out the toxins from our, from our brains, and it only operates while we're sleeping. That's wonderful. So if we're not getting enough, mm-hmm, if we're not getting enough sleep. You know, we get we can get more of a buildup. And they have found, for example, um, a link between inadequate sleep and a greater risk for Alzheimer's. And I think it probably has to do with that garbage removal system. So, you know, I have always welcomed sleep. Again, you know, I think I was told before I came in, because I was so resistant to coming into this lifetime, that, you know, that I was probably told, you know, when you sleep, <laughs> you'll it will feel like, you know, you're back here. So I have always mm-hmm. welcomed going to sleep. Um, yeah, that just thing- gave me the chills, you know, that you said that, because... It's to me. I don't take that lightly. I I just feel like uh, you know that you said a miracle right there. That a lot of people don't recognize where they've been, um, or you know that this dream time is so important, and that we're getting information, and we're also you know contacting where we were. It just gave me the chills because you know you're speaking a truth that people just don't they actually de- uh block this off and they don't they're not aware this is happening to them i think you're right Sharon. and i think too it's it's a really it's a matter of what we're prepared to be aware of and so if we're not prepared to be aware of things we won't even notice them um you know, this is my reality. This is this has been my reality. You know, throughout my life. But even right. if it's not one's reality now, that doesn't mean that if you open up to some of this, you won't be able to experience some of this and begin to embrace it. Even the spiritual aspects. You know, I think so many times. We may be doing things in the deeper levels of our sleep that we don't bring back that conscious memory of, and that can be some fascinating stuff. So oh, yeah. it could be as people open up more over time and 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 allow themselves to be open to some of these possibilities that they'll start to experience more, and their lives, our lives are enriched. By all of this, very you know much that. so, very mm-hmm. much so. It's a rich uh, life. I would not know how to be without it because it, it would be a lonely place, really. You know, because mm-hmm. I've had people really say, people I admire, intelligent people, say to me, "This is it." I go, 
what do you mean? Like, I ask, like, the spiritual, like, this is it? And they go, <laughs> I believe when we're dead, that's it. And then here, that's it. I'm like, I really thought you were... <laughs> you're missing, like, most of it. You're missing most of it. You know, yeah, to I me. Know. Yeah, you're missing most of the the richness of life when you're saying no to the spiritual, the dream world, the dream time, the... You know, mm-hmm. the sacredness of that awesome space where subconsciously you're open to uh, these things. That's why you can hear it and listen. But sometimes I don't have words for it when I come back. That's the only thing. I have to make up well, stuff so I can talk about it. Do you find that happens? I think it I, mm-hmm. I think it can be very difficult to express some of these things. That's why we have the word, you know, ineffable. But I totally agree with you, Shar, because I cannot conceive of what it would be like to live thinking that this is it and this is all there is because that would be so not only empty but but kind of hollow and for lack of a better word to use superficial because it's just kind of mm-hmm. the surface stuff oh um, yeah you got that that's the word that's that's exactly mm-hmm. what was my reaction I just couldn't put my finger on the way I felt because I was startled. I went, this? Is it? <laughs> I'll never yeah. forget that. And this guy owned a, a computer company. He was like a science, uh, biggie, biggie science thinkers. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Wow. Now, we know the top scientists feel very different about this now, I've noticed. Oh, absolutely. And some scientists have been doing some groundbreaking research in in various areas of the metaphysical or in ESP or in, you know, even energy healing. So not all scientists are of of the orientation of, of the guy you're you're talking about. A lot of them know that there's more, but um there's definitely there there is so much that we can experience and I, I cannot I couldn't live my life any other way. I mean, and I, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't no. want to. And even even if we talk about just paying attention to our dreams, we're talking about learning. I call it befriending our unconscious, befriending our other self, because most of who we are is our unconscious. Our conscious awareness is a sliver of who we really are. And so we're not only learning more about ourselves, but we're more able to, to how do I even put it? I don't want to say take control of our lives. It's not about control. But it allows us to work on some of the stuff in our unconscious, you know, that old personal stuff, the fears and the mindset and all of that mm-hmm. stuff that really drives our behavior. So this is a whole other aspect, I feel, of, of why it's important to pay attention to what lies <laughs> below the surface. Yeah, it's I like couldn't... really putting on your life. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like putting it all the way on. Just mm-hmm. not putting the feet in. You put in and you jump in the whole thing. Oh, yes. And, and, if you want to be, I, I laugh as I say this in the driver's seat of your life because we never totally are, but it's important to do that deep inner diving. 
you know, because um, there, there are a lot of riches. I mean, I think a lot of people, I think most people have more potentials that they don't even know that they have. But if you do that deep inner diving, you'll, you'll, find, you'll find more richness, you know, within yourself as well as the stuff that you want to work on and heal. Not even to mention mm-hmm. all the spiritual aspects. Very much That's so. Stuff. Mm-hmm. It's very good stuff, and um, you know, it's, to me, it's never boring. I never tire of it. I never get tired of listening to other people's dreams and, and thinking about my own dreams. It's just a, a beautiful thing. It's like reading a good book or doing art, or and it's you know, sort of like the art of yourself. Oh yes. Yes, I love that. I love that phrase, the art of yourself. Oh, yes. Yeah, because yeah, oh, yes. I've actually solved, because uh, I'm an artist, and I have solved uh, pain issues like that, you know, because ah. I was able, because some I've consciously thought about for a couple of years before I, so- I solved the issue, but uh, some of it, you know, you're dreaming, and then it'll come up, and it's so easy, and you're dreaming, you know, and then... Uh, mm-hmm. I think uh, a lot of our artists are actually trying to uh, get that across and and show us that those, like surrealism and things like that, you know, show us their dreams. uh, Yes. Yes, the surrealists especially. Oh. You know, I was so excited when I learned (laughs) surrealism. (laughs) Because, yes, and I think artists work with this. You know, know, I'm no good with art per se, but I pursued acting and singing. So yeah, yeah. you know other 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 art forms and the unconscious and, and, and dreams. And you mentioned, you know, solving problems in your dreams and that's that's another huge aspect. It's another benefit that we can get from our dreams. I mean even even if even if we don't try to, I mean, you can work with this consciously and try to incubate dreams to get you know to solve problems to get ideas or information on things that you're working on. But but it can happen even if you're not trying to do it, because I think that's again our unconscious, you know, trying yeah. to bring us to balance. But yeah, don't you love waking up in the morning with? You know, with a new thought or inspiration for oh, yeah. for art. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Then you have to rush off to work. That's the bad thing. So I'm looking for <laughs> you know, because I have all these things that are stacking up. You know, I have this warehouse, and it's all stacking up. All the all the art and the books and the thing is stacking up, and because uh, my hours are so strange. But anyway, you know, I've had uh, I've been fortunate enough to have interviewed uh, on my show here, this show, uh, uh, Dr. Raymond Moody like three times. Oh, and wonderful. I, 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 he's just a wonder, wonderful man, and uh, he's uh, really something else. And I was wondering that you, I know that you have studied uh, near-death studies and uh, you're interested in that part of the metaphysical life and the sleep time and things like that. And we were talking, and he brought up something that never occurred to me, that um, that there is such a thing as shared near-death experiences, first of mm. all, and that would explain a lot of things that have happened to me in my my 
near death experience and stuff like that, where I'm with somebody as they're dying. Oh, you know, wonderful! And, and they come to me before they they die and tell me things and tell me what mm-hmm. they want me to do and stuff. And I could never understand like what are the rules on this? You know, I still <laughs> look for like the pattern of it. Like, what is the rule on that one? But um, what? also, I what about think... okay? <laughs> I don't think there are what any are rules. What are these rules? Sure. Okay, there aren't I keep any looking rules. for the rules. Like, what is this <laughs> supposed a, to mean? Well, it's a creative universe. <laughs> Okay. We humans want to. We want to. We want the rules as humans, but you know, <laughs> we can't codify the universe. It's it's a creative. It's a beautifully creative universe. <laughs> Thank you for letting me know this because I keep looking for because I had a very. I've had such odd experiences that I've had to tell people about it, and I went, okay, what was the rule for that? I was never taught this. Like, what is the you know, like usually you have a certain system of belief system or a certain ways of going about things, but this stuff just breaks all the rules and then, you know, it does what you want. Like, like, hey, this is, this is what I'm going to bring up right now is that uh, shared dreaming. Mm-hmm. What is that? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, when shared we're dreaming. Asleep, yes, there are shared dreams. When, when we're sleeping, our conscious mind is asleep, and I guess I should say this. You know, there are a lot of things that change when we go to sleep. There are physiological changes. We know that our state of consciousness is different. And we're really more in our unconscious while we're sleeping. We could also say the subconscious because, it, you know, the state of brain, brain waves are, are are dominant, too, while we're sleeping. And our consciousness while we're sleeping is incredibly porous. It it doesn't have rigid boundaries. And so if there's some sort of intention before we go to sleep, and some people do this in dream groups where they try to have, you know, dreams for each other, like if somebody's dealing with an issue, other people will try to have a dream for the person. Mm-hmm. Well, some people will even agree they'll try to meet up while they're sleeping and 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 have a shared dream. So that's one possibility. Another possibility is you know, when you're really close to other people, the way I look at it, Char, is your energy fields, you know, get entwined. Mm-hmm. People know this in common culture as, you know, it's like okay, um if you have a twin and the and the and the twin gets hurt then the other twin feels it or the mother you know if something happens to the child the mother picks up on it the same principle applies when we're close to people and so while we're sleeping it could be that somebody we're close to is dreaming about something that may have relevance for us and so we're having the same dream or maybe we both had uh, something on our minds we were trying to figure out. So shared dreams do happen. I, You know, I think most of us have tended to feel that while we're sleeping, this is our personal, private experience. You know, it's just ours. But again, okay, here's the spiritual aspect of this. And you know this, Char. Mm-hmm. On the highest levels, everyone and everything is connected. We have the illusion of separation. You know, while we're here in this 
body in, in this three-dimensional reality. But consciousness doesn't have boundaries. And so, especially while we're sleeping, any sort of filters are generally off. And, yeah, we can have those shared dreams. My, my roommate in grad school and I had the same dream on uh, the same nights two or three times. So yeah, this is this is a possibility. I hadn't really thought about shared near death experiences, but it certainly makes sense. Yeah, I me too. <laughs> so that's why I brought it up. It wasn't even something I was aware of until we were talking. You know, uh, Dr. Ryan Moody said it, and he said that he actually um, he personally had an experience uh, because he's been close to you know the the dead and the dying and. That's what he wrote a lot about, and that he's a doctor, so he was doing a lot of yeah. that. And that he was there uh, during somebody's life review. Mm. And uh, it's just phenomenal. And to me, it's like a dream state. And then what you said was so profound that the consciousness doesn't have a boundary. You know, that it unconscious doesn't. world. And, you know, I've never thought of it that way because I keep looking for the rules because I don't understand. Let's say if some, some my um, I've gone when people are in, in deep trouble, especially family members. I've gone to them and they've actually seen me and thought I was standing there when I yeah. I saw them and yeah. was praying for them. And then uh, my daughter, who's kind of like a little bit agnostic or antagonist, I just call her the antagonist. But she uh, she actually uh, heard – this is where I – me, I went in a dream, and I thought I was dreaming, but I was – I thought, okay, this dream's good because I'm going to help my grandson. So my grandson woke up in a terrible nightmare. He used to dream about a machine dog, and this dream would terrify me too. When he'd tell me about his machine dog, it was just relentless, you know. I was thinking, oh, my mm-hmm. God, this is horrible. So he's doing it again. And then he had gotten out of Wilson bat, you know, and he's half asleep and he's banging on the side of the bunk beds and screaming. So I'm, this is my perception. I'm watching him and I'm standing there and I know that there's sort of an angel by me. But I didn't turn around mm. to look at it. I rarely do. And so I'm praying mm-hmm. for my grandson. And then I do see a light open and shut. And mm. I went, I don't know what that was, but I didn't look at it. I just saw that peripheral vision anyway. So the next morning, you know, I call my daughter to say, oh, you know, I had a dream about Marky. She says, Mom, i got to tell you something. Now, this is the antagonistic daughter. She said, Mom, I said, you know, I had a dream. She says, Mom, I know. She said, I opened the bathroom door. That was that light I saw. Cause I didn't see her. I saw uh-huh. the light come on and off. She said, uh-huh. I opened the door. You were standing there. I shut the door really quick. I said, well, what is the rule on that? And that's why I asked her. <laughs> I went, well, what is this supposed to mean? Like we're free floating, running around all night? You know, it was just startling to me. You know what I mean? And uh, also well, yeah, that but, I could go ahead. But, but you, you could project yourself. Yeah. Well, you know, and I have seen this over the years with, with clients when, when clients ask me to get information on the passed on loved one. And I've gotten that they can project their energy they can bilocate and yes. so yes and so basically you were projecting your energy and the perception where they were was actually you know seeing you right so 
were you were you were you there in your body? Were you bilocating? I was there in my body, but well, I was asleep at home, and they live a few towns over. So, I guess that's the fastest way to get around. You know, if somebody's in trouble, because it's happened more than once. And it could be the astral body, but I think I think the point is that yes, we can be sleeping in our bed. And we can be picking up on something at a distance and be there at a distance. Yes. Some people may want to analyze it and go, okay, well, was that just the consciousness? Was it the astral body? Did you teleport? <laughs> you know, we have these 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 phrases and these categories that we put things in. The bottom line is that you were at one and the same time lying in your bed, sleeping, and you were in your grandson's bedroom watching him go through, experience a nightmare, and you were perceived by people there. The third person. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah, because I perceived him. I knew the door opened. I knew I was there. I knew possibly an angel was with me. Mm-hmm. What then? I started thinking, are we need to be accompanied places, or you know, I started thinking like that because when you experience it for you know the first time, it's happened throughout my life and it continues to go on to this day. And uh, I thought things would be, I don't know. I think I'm always like looking for an answer. Maybe that's what I do. I kind of search mm-hmm. out the answer, and if people don't talk about it, then I'm thinking about you know. How can I actually describe this to somebody, or what can I talk? Especially, I think it teaches others something too. I think oh, there was yes. no mistake that my daughter opened that door and looked in and quickly shut it. Absolutely, you know, because it, it must have been shocking to her. But she actually said, you know, what she felt like. I said, you know what? I guess I'm going to always watch over you, and you're going to be okay. You know, you and, and, and it was like that. I said, even if I'm gone, I'll still be able to watch over you. You know, Absolutely. and she found that comforting. So I wanted to say something. I didn't want to spook the poor kid out. Yeah, I'm going to be there. <laughs> I'm going to watch you. You know. Absolutely. Yes, yeah, so I wanted and to let her know. And it sounds like it was it was it 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 was a little bit of a, of a lesson for her. You know, it because it's when we have those experiences of things that are not in our worldview of what's possible that our worldview right. gets expanded a little bit and sure I, I think it's i think it's wonderful and and it i don't even wonderful. i don't think it's strange hmm? i think that's great because uh the way the way you're studying though um you know i always appreciate the scholarly approach and those who are researchers that are are looking and you know, writing books about it and everything else, because we do need that. Uh, you know, I need those solid books to hold on to. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, mm-hmm. I even, I don't, like, I have the readers and stuff like that, but to me, it's it's when somebody's writing down the book and I hold that book in my hand, and then we could talk about it and discuss it. There's nothing better. What's better than life? <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. Let's get out the I'm books. Sorry. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about your yeah. story. You know, to me, you know, what's better? So, uh, okay, we're getting to, you know, the first hour. 
Uh, do you want to take a little break, or do you feel okay? Or uh, I think I'm. I think I'm. I'm. I think I'm fine now. Oh, great, great. Okay, so let me know if you want to take a break. And um, we are at the uh, first hour. If you want to call and ask a question, the number is six one nine nine two four nine seven four four. And let's see. Uh, I do have some, um, you know, questions because I was looking around the internet and I was thinking about. Uh, uh, my personal experience with sleep and dreaming and everything else, you know. I used to think, you know, back in the day until this experience happened to me, it was 10 or so years ago, that I thought when somebody's passed, I know that we're going to see each other again, you know, but how mm-hmm. do you make up things when you feel like you never had that last conversation, you know? Ah, you mean to be able to communicate something that you wish you had been able to while we were still here. Well, I think one thing, Char, is to realize that even though they're not physically here, they're still aware. And they're even more aware. We're, We're so much more aware when we're not here. That's one of the things that aggravated me when I was born about having to be here again because I knew that when I wasn't here, I had absolute knowledge and I knew while I was here I didn't you know that that really (laughs) burned me up we are very very aware when we're not here we may be doing something on the other side we may be studying we may be you know helping and yet we're still aware of what is going on on this planet, and with loved ones. So if somebody has passed and, and and you regret not having had a certain conversation or not having communicated something, just by your having that in your mind, they're picking up on it. So what you can learn to do you can learn, I mean, just like I intuitively tap into people who are not here. Mm-hmm. You can learn to do that. I mean, its I don't think it's that difficult. And you can, in your mind, communicate that. Because, again, they're already picking up on it. But if it makes you feel better to be consciously communicating that, you can do that as well. But you can also as you tap into their energy, get a sense of them realizing whatever it is that you wanted to communicate. Yeah, they're always there. They are there. I think that they're there, but I don't think because when uh, there was a song, I think I passed away in my sleep when I was, I was young. I was just in my 20s and I had my kids, but I think I passed away because I did leave my body and and turn around and look at it and I was going to heaven, and mm. uh, but when I look when I turned around and looked at my kids, I felt love, I felt protection and concern, but I wasn't wrapped up in this world of worry. There was mm-hmm. no more worry, no more suffering, no more. All that was gone. Absolutely, absolutely. So I and think they're point... like that. I think they care about us, but they're not hurt by us. You know, because we can, I, you always think, am I going to hurt them? 
if I, I say you can't hurt them. I don't think I don't think that's possible. They know already. They know God is real. They're not, but they're not hooked into the pain of this one. I, I don't think I don't think people that have passed, for the most part, unless they're ghosts or something, which is another whole thing. What do you think about well, that? Well, at some point after we transition, we drop the persona of that lifetime and we get into our higher soul awareness. Now, that doesn't mean that that persona, you know, that personality has gone completely. I mean, we can always, you know, call upon it or, or get back into it. But we're in our higher soul awareness. And it's, that goes into with having the access to absolute knowledge. You know, we're past the hurts, the love, the caring for those who are still here is still there, but it doesn't have pain attached to it. Exactly. We tend to we tend to observe things without making those unconscious human judgments. You know, we we see, we observe, we understand, and this is a huge, I feel it's a huge, hugely significant thing. We understand why everything happened the way that it did. We understand what the purpose was. We see things from a very different perspective, what I, you know, I would call it the higher perspective. So, you know... It's it's hard to really explain. I mean, some people are just not plugged into this. You know that. Yeah. Um, but it's a it's a very very different thing. We're not in the human psyche with its with its angst and its and its judgment and its question marks. We have absolute knowledge. We 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 transcend. The human stuff, and so it's 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 very very different. It's very pure. It's very accepting. It's very caring. Yes. And I miss it. <laughs> I miss it. Well, I miss it. it's really. But then, okay. Do you think you came against your will, or that in some way you wanted to be her? Um. I I was I was I know I was told to come and I could have said no. Yeah. But when, you know, when source whatever term you want to use, source, divine, god, you know, says, "Okay, need for you to go and do something." You know, you do it. It's not like it's not like you're being forced against your will. It's it's okay, this is something I'm supposed to do. Doesn't mean I have to like it. And I think it's because when I was born, I knew how limiting it was being here because I still had a memory of not being here. Um, Where were you? Oh, I was on those higher levels, Char. It's on those higher levels. You know, when I read... Eben Alexander's book. Oh yeah. His his description of and 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 as you mentioned, I'm very much into near death experiences. I have read a lot 
of that material over the years and heard near-death experiencers speak. And his description of being with the divine, with God, comes the closest to what I what I remember. And it's hard to put into words, but it's it's just it's 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 abstract and it's beautiful at the same time. And so I had an awareness that that coming here was you're we're limited while we're here. And and yeah. plus we have to put on those human psyches. We have to I mean that's part of the costume we wear while we're here. I mean whatever whatever family we're born into, whatever body we're born into, whatever the psyche is is all part of our costume while we're here for what we are to experience and do and learn but it's it's limiting it's very very limiting and it hurts and you know, it oh, hurts it is it is mm-hmm. you know we go through those painful experiences because we're here to mm-hmm. learn and grow and evolve and for the roles that we play with others yeah. and unfortunately we don't just learn in positive ways. We we learn from those painful experiences too. We're stretched. We're stretched. Yeah. Um and and again, this is why sleep for me is so marvelous. It's it's you know, that conscious mm-hmm. mind is turned off, that that the, the human body is you know, you're not aware of it. It's in this book that I'm that I've been writing, you know, the the book on those of us who were born aware. I mean, a couple people said when they they remembered when they were born, it's like, oh God, they were in the body and they felt so heavy. You know, yeah. it just felt. Ugh. You know, it's just. Um, well, I was gone that time that I left, and I was going to God, and I felt God's love. But then I started thinking about my kids, so I slammed back in his body. Boy, did I regret mm. it. I was like, what did I do that for? But, you know, I have, it's ridiculous because I have, so I have had, now I'm, you know, uh, at the point of my life where there's less time in front there is in back. You know what I mean? So I had like I a midlife crisis at 60 and now I'm 63 and I'm actually having some end of life dreams, you know, that are kind of interesting, you know, and well, you uh, I also, go ahead. You may be you may be just thinking ahead because I think you know a lot of lot has been written about middle age, but I actually feel that in the early sixties is when the realization is setting in for people that you know throughout your life you're always looking ahead and one day I'll do this and one day I'll do that. And there's a subtle shift that takes place in the early 60s where it's like there's a realization that you don't have that much time left compared to when you were in your 20s. And so I would wonder if that wasn't part of why you were having those end-of-life dreams is you were just kind of, you know. But they're good. I mean, they're good, but they're actually talking to me, and guides are telling me things. They're actually... Mm. One of my guides said soon, but not now. And then mm-hmm. she'll be heaven. 
So they're trying mm-hmm. to say it's okay. Assume meaning, you know, what did you mean by soon? When I woke up, I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> what did you mean by soon? What's the rule on that? <laughs> Will you define soon, please? But anyway, <laughs> one day at a time. we got to do this one day at a time. So that's what I'm breaking it down to. You know, but yeah. I also have a, a dream uh, uh, that I want to ask that somebody has gave me this dream, and I haven't even attempted to analyze it, okay? So I'll just okay. tell you the dream. I won't tell you the person who did it. The person is a professional person. They had mm-hmm. this dream. So, I mean, they're just, you know, they're not having a, uh, I'm not going to say anything anymore. Anyway, the dream was <laughs> of the the death tarot card on a a, a birthday cake on her birthday cake, and they were eating it. What does it mean? It was so startling to her that she didn't want to tell me. Okay, and that's all there was dream? There was other there's other things, but she said that was the biggest standout thing, and then it went to something else, but she said that was the yeah, biggest shocker I, for her. I mean, we, we, can, we can talk about that, but I have to preface this and say it's always good to look at a dream in detail, blow by blow, from beginning to end, right. because sometimes the smallest detail can have huge meaning. But True. but I would say in the birthday cake with the with the you know the death card, major arcana from the from, from the tarot that yeah. it could be speaking of changes coming for her, and if it's especially it could be in the coming year. It doesn't mean you know this, Char. Death mm-hmm. card from the tarot does not mean a literal death, but there could be changes coming up. And the fact that she's eating them, if she was enjoying, you know, this in the dream, may be that they yeah. are, you know, they're palatable, they're 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 positive. Hmm. You know, and it could be. Uh, you're right. It's like more positive, and it may be. Uh, it's a birthday, so it's more of it's telling you it is a birth. It's not a death, mm-hmm. even though it appears to be the end of one thing. You know, and and everybody you always hear that about tarot, you know. I don't think mm-hmm. she knows anything about it. Like, I was shocked that she even said tarot. You know, oh, how knew interesting. That it was a death card. Yeah, so it's really not in her belief system, but that's well, what Well, and birthday, you know, birthday cake, well, usually it's like we celebrate the birthday once a year, I think. That's why I'm getting yeah. that it could be in the coming year. There may be some yeah. some major changes now. If she in the dream, if she was eating the cake and and she, yeah. and it tasted bad, or she spat it out, or no, threw up, then 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 that could have a you know a more negative meaning. But this 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 doesn't sound negative to me. Yeah, because her birthday is coming in August, and so there might be changes coming. That's a few months from now, so maybe mm-hmm. there'll be changes. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. It was just the, one of the oddest dreams I've ever heard about, especially coming from oh. her because she's more a professional person. <laughs> so she's just like, what? There are some so, there are some fascinating dreams that, that, that people have, some fascinating yeah. dreams. I love dreams. Yeah, I do too. And I love other people's dreams, too. And uh, it's just, uh, you know, so interesting to even, uh, you know, discuss it and everything. And I just want to remind people once again, if you do have a question, you can tell me in chat because I can see there's chatters coming in. And uh, you can ask your question in chat. You can also call in and ask her a question. 
So the call number is 619-924-9744 because we're, we've got 44 minutes left. So you can go ahead and call if you feel like it. So and um, and, and another thing that um, the near-death experiences and that um, we are having, this is what I've noticed. I don't know. You know, I, I, I'm not making this up. I don't think I'm exaggerating. People of every age are passing away abruptly, strangely, you know, Mm-hmm. And uh, quite oddly, some of it, you know, but it's like people of every age seem to be passing away faster and faster. Cause what, you know, you're not, a kid, we didn't, we're not, you know, when we were a kid, when somebody passed away, it took so long even for a family member to pass away. We never saw death. You know, now mm-hmm. it's like a common thing for every age. You know, other people have said the same thing to me, Char, that, that okay. you know, They've seen more, it seems like more people are passing. And it just feels to me, we're living, and you know this, we're living in a huge time of changes. And some people talk about the paradigm. We're in the midst of a huge paradigm shift. Our worldview, you know, is changing. And it's also a a huge time of changes just if you look at it from an astrological point of view, you know, with Pluto going through Capricorn. You know, Pluto's transforming, you know, all the systems, all the isms in the world. You know, that's a huge time of change. If you look at it from another perspective, if you look at it even environmentally, we are seeing the negative impacts of the damage we've done to the environment and ecosystems that is catching up with us. So this is another way in which you can see that this is a huge period of change in the world. So you can look at it from different perspectives, different aspects, and 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 some people are leaving. Mm-hmm. Of and course, it doesn't matter how old. I mean, for me, I I've had. Okay, uh, a 26-year-old man passed away from prostate cancer. You know what I mean? Mm. 48. That's young. Uh, that's we're having all be getting the, prostate Yeah, cancer. very young. That's what I'm saying. So there's so many uh, people just, one just told me, my brother-in-law passed away. How old is your brother-in-law? He's 38. Just Their, their wife is pregnant. He stood up, died right like that. He just stood up mm. in the chair. They were just watching TV, and he just passed away. And I'm, I've been told this, you know, at least a couple times a week. You know, that within just the people I know, you know, somebody's passed. Yes. But it's however, it's several bad. old people are going on forever. I have, we also have a 106-year-old in our circle. That girl is not going anywhere anytime soon. <laughs> she doesn't want to go. So she's been getting there forever. <laughs> now, I, I, I tend to feel that um, when when the really young ones die, whether yeah. they are children or, or or teens or young adults, there are usually a lot of lessons for other people, you know, from that yeah. happening, the people Makes around sense. them. Yeah, very painful, very painful lessons. I've been told some very bad things, you know, horrible things that, you know, young children accidentally hanging themselves and things like that that, it makes you wonder, you know, what the heck is going on, and so now you have to survive. And 
And children, you know, children, let's say, you know, a three-year-old who gets a really bad form of cancer and dies, I mean, that's, that's mm-hmm. a lesson. It, it was to teach less a lesson. Uh, a, a, a child, you know, a teen who who dies, you know, in a car accident. It's teaching a lesson to others, very painful one. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're but we're not here to coast, you know. I really, it's one of the messages I tell people: we were not promised a rose garden. Actually, the opposite, <laughs> and that absolutely. we're here to learn. We're not here to coast and meaning how we learn is unfortunately through pain most of the time. Mhm. Mhm. And I personally feel that we live different lifetimes because we are to experience everything and it could be that in another lifetime we're, you know, we're doing a lot of coasting. <laughs> but that doesn't mean we're going to do that, you know, in every lifetime. Um yeah. We we do learn more from those painful experiences. And, you know, what I like to, the way I like to put it, Char, is that when we go through something really difficult, really painful, and and we come out the other side and we learn from it, that's how we transmute that difficulty, that pain into something positive. It's like, it's almost like alchemy. Of yes, course, definitely. You know, you know, if we if we don't learn then then you know, likely we might have to repeat the lesson. I'd much rather learn. <laughs> I really do want to learn, but you know, it just seems like uh uh you know, some are more stubborn than others, you know, and uh I used to imagine I was so rebellious that even as uh a younger, you know, uh, adult, but a younger, you know, in my twenties, I real, I recognized and saw my rebellion. You know, it kind of made me sick. You know, I really, I felt kind of nauseated by it because I was like, look at how hard you have to be hit. You know what I mean? And it's, it's like yeah. to learn this or to do that. But once you learn, you learn. That's for sure. You know, if you, if you're one of those that learns the hard way. You do learn it for real, and you can share yes, it and help other people after that. Not everybody mm-hmm. has to go through that, I don't believe, but it seems like that's when we learn, you know, the stuff. And if you can turn around and look at it, that's important. If you can look at it's yourself, very, and very look important. What it's doing. And yet, some people may be, you know, in in their lifetime, it may be that they're supposed to experience not learning and being stuck. And repeating the yeah. same mistakes over and over again—that may be what they're supposed to experience. Um, Very true. Uh, it's, yeah, it's harsh. The um, okay, uh, Chris in uh, the gallery said the moment of death is rooted in many factors: karma, outside forces such as malevolent entities, choice by higher self, etc. And then he said, true self-knowledge is only acquired through suffering. Then he said, non-happiness, as some of us would believe, and I think. I think what Chris is saying is actually the truth that that uh you know, everybody's concerned with happy, happy, happy rather than the richness. You know, they just move on from one little idle project to the next, just goofing around rather than just diving in deep, helping others, helping yourself too, and you know, just living that you know, wearing that life in the dreamland like we were talking about. 
you know, really living it, you know, and there is pain involved in a lot of this because you're going to, even if it's a pain of uh, another person's thought, you know, them hurting themselves hurts me. Yes, yes, and I <clears throat> I tend to think of it, Char, not so much as being happy as much as being fulfilled. Yes. You know, what is it that allows us to be fulfilled? Who was it? Was it Socrates who wrote, the unexamined life is not worth living? Yeah. You know, I think it's a matter of finding out what brings you fulfillment. In in my intuitive work with clients, if if I'm doing a first session, an initial session for somebody, I tune in and read what I call their essence, who they uniquely are in this lifetime underneath anything layered on top that's not them. And what I found, I mean, I didn't try to start doing that. It's just I kind of figured out over time that that's one thing I was doing, but I've learned that our essence is a guidepost, not just for who we are, but for our path and our purpose. And when we are embracing our essence, who we are on the deepest level in this lifetime, and doing activities that express essence is when we tend to feel the most fulfilled. And and that can vary from one person to the next. You know, some people may find fulfillment in in working with animals. Oh, I love animals. <laughs> yes, I love them. You know, it 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 all depends. It's what allows you to express who you are and enjoy that activity. And I think that also radiates out into the world and adds more positive energy to the world. So I don't tend to think of it in terms of being happy because it's really hard to define what what happiness is, what being happy is. Well, I think you know, Joseph self- Campbell said it like finding your bliss. When he was saying that and doing those... Uh, you know, uh, you know the faces that we wear and stuff like that, and doing those things. Hero uh, with a thousand faces. Oh yeah, hero with a thousand faces. Oh my God, I bought that a couple sets, and I gave one set away, and I gave my second set away, and I got another set. But you know, uh, he's talking about finding that bliss, and I and um, it's so odd that you know that I found that also, uh, you know, like you're swimming in some kind of a, a deep satisfying pool of wonderfulness. You know what I mean? I don't even know how to describe it. You know, the, that, was, that was beautifully you know, put. <laughs> but yeah, it just it's like that. It's just like you're being held up and at the same time, you know, you're creating and to communicate that's always a blissful state too, to be able to communicate your feelings and also the reward of something, somebody uh, recognizing you and recognizing mm-hmm. you inside. You know, there's nothing more beautiful. You know what I no, mean? That no, kind of thing. Oh, yeah, I, like like an avatar, I see you. You know what I mean? And knowing that, okay, I do know you. And, you know, and sometimes it's just in passing. Mm-hmm. I've had some odd things happen with people just in passing sometimes. Oh, tell me. Well, <laughs> it was like this one time <laughs> I was, uh, it's something I never forgot because, of what it did to me and the the guy that it happened to. So we were actually at Starbucks. So 
I'm just telling you a little tiny incident, but some incredible things have happened that I think, I don't know if I was with angels, it's happened in laundromats, it's happened on buses, it's happened everywhere. But this time it was in Starbucks. And so I was up there, uh, we were actually reaching for something at the same time. So our hands hit. And when our hands hit, I instantly felt his whole personality. And he felt something because he turned around and looked at me stunned. He was shocked. I was shocked, but, you know, so startling. But I remember this character, how kind of guy he was and everything else. Stunned. Him being shocked is what shocked me, too. You know, because it happened so fast. That recognition of, of mm-hmm. I don't know, sod. I think it, I think it sounds beautiful. It is and a beautiful it makes thing. Me, it makes me wonder if 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 he would normally have been open to that sort of thing or whether it really took him aback and and it, yeah because it's quite startling i think because if you could feel somebody's warmth and energy and, and a zap that fast it's very unusual mhm mhm you know and then one thing odd happened this is in a laundromat so this is a girl in the laundromat, and uh, you know it's happened many other places too. And sometimes I just I think that some of the things are funny that's happened. But this time I was talking to this girl in this laundromat, and she just I don't know she had this like creative energy and about her and everything. We started talking, and I finally had to ask her. I said, "What are you from?" And she says, "I'm from Siberia." I went, mm. "Okay, wait a minute." <laughs> I said, "Wait a minute." <laughs> So we were in Hermosa Beach at a laundromat at the time. So you got to Hermosa Beach, California, all the way from Siberia. And she said, yes, I'm from Siberia. I mean, you mean Siberia in the middle of the five, you know, 50 below zero? She said, yes, that's where I come from. And we just were, were laughing. We did it. We made each other laugh, too, because, you know, how do you end up, you know, meeting somebody from Siberia in the middle of Hermosa at a laundromat? It's very, very odd. She must have been really hot in California. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because we have beautiful weather here, you know. So, uh, yeah. So uh, your yeah, paths okay, were supposed to cross. They were, because it's happened more and more than once, just a zillion times, you know. And then mm-hmm. uh, one time, I had this strange connection to this older woman that sat next to me at Joe's. This happened in Hermosa Beach too. So. You know, this they sit family style, so, a, so you always end up sitting with somebody, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, so there's a table, so this older woman sat across from me. And I, so I decided, I don't know how I, I don't know how I figured her out so fast. You know what I mean? But it was very mm-hmm. odd. I said, well, how's how's it retirement from teaching? And she said, oh, it's going really good. I mean, I just was doing that <laughs> the whole time. And then I said, well, how is, you know, I think I said even how is, you know, Chris and, and Bobby down there at the police station, oh, he's doing right, he got made sheriff and blah, 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 blah. And I'm just talking and talking about all this stuff. I had, And it was really all her stuff. It was really her people and her life. It was life just and everything coming else. in in a very pure way. Yeah, so we're just talking about like we knew each other. Oh, how mm-hmm. Sandy, uh, blah, blah, blah. And she say, okay, Sandy, you know, blah, blah, blah. She just got her hair cut. And I went, oh, my God. Dang it, Charlene, you're having a weird time like that. But then this is what got me the most when I realized she was a farm person. 
I said, you come from a farm, uh, oh, you know, how's the farm or something, whatever. Because I had to assume I knew everything at that moment. Because that's what I said mm-hmm. before I started talking. I think I know everything. Well, let's just talk to her, you know, or something like that. I was just kidding. But I didn't know it was real at the time. Because, you know, once in a while you want to just try something off the wall and see what happens, you know. I don't know. And uh, anyway, she said, she said, oh, yeah, they're they, they, you know, still keeping it going because my cousins kept the farm going. And I thought, this is what I thought, only a farm person would actually sit with a psychic person and think it's okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? They don't think you, you, it's any big deal. I didn't tell her I was psychic. I just started talking to her. You know what I, I mean? But it. I thought then, I, I know, I thought then, I said, this world, people are really something else. How much I love them. I love them. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. we could go along talking to each other like this all the time. And knowing everything about each other and just take it for granted, you know, yes. and not have to hide, you know. So that was just like slipping into the groove. It sure was. And when I'm there, it's it's happiness. You know, that I would call that happiness and comfort, you know. And, get, and ease. Uh, and ease and, and humorous. It was funny to me, too. It was funny that she <laughs> went along with it. So... <laughs> <laughs> I said only somebody from the Midwest would just go along with us because somebody from New York is not going to tell you a thing. No, <laughs> no, no. Was she? That's oh, like she was on Jessie, your wavelength too. Cousin Jesse. Yeah, she was right with me. So that's that would be odd if she was psychic too. Yes. How strange. Okay, so we do we do have a phone call. So let's hope. Area code 402, and I'm going to pick up the line. So can I have your first name, please? You're live with the Paranormal and the Sacred. Area code 402. Who's this? Hi, honey. It's Sharon from Nebraska. Hi. Hi, Sharon. How are you? Good. How are you? Good, good. Do you have a question for Diane? Actually, you know, I I had a couple of really bizarre dreams that don't really feel like dreams. More like messages. Um, and it was kind of, uh, it was, uh, I became conscious, let's just put it this way, I, like, became aware, and when I became aware, I was in total black darkness, okay? hmm Nothing, no light, nothing. And all of a sudden, I had a realization that I had died, and there was a voice, someone next to me, but I don't know who it was. It was like an angel. Mm-hmm. My guardian still probably is kind of what it felt like. And I said, you mean this is it? That's it? Just like that. And I knew at that time how old I was. Okay? So I was mm-hmm. aware that I had died and I knew at what age. And... um I said, you know, like I said, I said, you mean that's it? This is it? And she knew what I meant and and said, well, you spent your life waiting. And that was it. And I woke up. When did you, when did, when did oh, you have you that, know, Sharon? About a year ago. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was probably about two years ago. It's, it's not funny even because, a bit. go ahead. As you were, 
as you were sharing that, mm-hmm. one thing that came in was a possibility that that could have been another lifetime in which you transitioned. Huh. I don't. I, it didn't feel like that, but mm-hmm. um, you know, I actually you know it felt like it was regarding now because I understood, you know, what they meant by you spent your life waiting. Mhm. You know, but it's kind of scary too because then that would number one, you know, biggest thing was there was no white light. You know, there was no light. It was total black and alone. You know, and um, the second thing was, you know, knowing the age. And that's not. It's not far from now. Wow. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to pass at that age. Right. It could also be the sort of of dream that was a message because you. I think you said, you know, it right. felt like a mes- message dream that that it right. may be important to consider changing that aspect of waiting. Right. Does that resonate? Oh yeah. You know, um, I thought that same thing. The problem is my health is so bad that. Right now, it's just gotten bad since then that um, I just I'm having a hard time getting anything done. Moving on to uh, survival, I'm kind of in that, yeah. in that first Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So I'm down yes. at the bottom there, survival. Are there, do is there anything you can do... What keeps coming in is 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 like a new interest, and I realize that if your health is impacting you, right. it might not be be anything physical. Right. But is there anything that you could do that you've had an interest in that you have have? Oh just... yeah, oh yeah. I'm all my life. I want to do uh, teach um, at risk youth, you know, horseback riding and or. Mm special needs kids. I mean, I want, I've i wanted to do that since I was young, before it was the thing. You know, now there's, now people do that, you know, but I've always wanted to do that. But right now, since I can't walk very well, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I... I wonder um, if you could do some of this online. Hmm. Yeah. I'm A lot gonna, of people... There are more and more venues online where where you can teach. Yeah, it's kind of a you know obviously working with animals is a hands on deal though. Yeah, you know. Well, unless but, unless the people you're teaching are there with an animal, you're doing this as kind of you could be doing it through Skype. You could be, be doing some of the venues have their own platforms complete with video. And so you could be teaching somebody, a kid, for example, who's there with a horse. And, yeah. I mean, there are ways I, to yeah, do this, know. Sharon. Yeah, I just, um, I'm trying to get better, you know, and things are just too difficult right now for me to be able to get past the, I'm, like I said, I'm at the survival thing right now. Mm-hmm. But it was just so bizarre, that dream. Um it almost feels to me like 
like a Christmas carol and the ghost of Christmas, you know, future. Right. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Uh-huh. It's not necessarily predictive in the sense of what will happen, but if you if you continue to wait, what could happen? If you see what I'm saying. Well, yeah, but basically, though, you know, what she was saying was you've already spent, you know, at least 35 years of your life waiting. You know, it's kind of, you've wasted it's never, it. It, it, does, it. We can always change. And when we change something, it doesn't matter how many years, you know, we were we were doing the other. Um, but But I would say, you know, chew on... Chew on possibilities. Oh yeah, no, I, I yeah, um, I you know sometimes, you know sometimes I think even waiting is is sometimes because uh, you know first of all I think when we're younger we we don't like to wait. I mean we can't wait hardly. Right. You know you can sit there two seconds, <laughs> you're jumping up and bouncing right. around. And then when you In get you know older, you won't don't want to wait. And then when you're a snotty beautiful young girl. I'm not waiting. And then, however, when we turn to the spirituality, it says wait. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it's it's not a nice thing we want to hear, but sometimes we have to faith with we have to have faith, and that's what's built during the waiting period. You know, the waiting being time. in the moment, being in yeah. the moment, right? To have yeah, faith anyway, even when you're waiting, even in the dark. Mm-hmm. Right. Because yeah, the dark is sometimes it. where you're percolating. Like we were talking about dream sharing and all that. We've been talking about this yeah. all night. And, you know, I think that dark time is when we're learning more than you and think. And processing. Yeah. And and it can be and, and it can be full of potential, too. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Definitely. Waiting is kind of profound. To me, waiting. It's like a blank slate. Yeah. It's just, you know, I have, for the last, oh, God, 11 years, it's been just so hard. I just, death, you know, my son, my father, just recently now my mother, and yeah. in between there, I got sick, and, yeah, that's all it's been, you know, for 11 years, and... Now it's like I need to regroup, but you know, like I said, my health isn't so good, so I'm it's kind of a catch twenty two. Yeah, it is because it, I, it is a time of slowing down too. You know. Well, and you have to, yeah, you have to focus on on your health, but there are those little moments in between where you can be chewing on possibilities doesn't mean you you right can always act on them right right and i have you know but you know i'm grieving too and yeah um god i can't believe i mean it's going to be a year next month that my mother passed away mm. and i'm telling you it feels like yesterday i mean yeah. i haven't even gotten anything, you know, I keep going to call her, you know, four times a day. Yeah. 
It's I, feel like uh, I had a go ahead. I just no, I was just like gonna say it's always stopped. hard to lose a loved one. That's what I feel like. I feel like I'm in shock. You probably are in shock because it's drastically changed your reality in your life. You know. Yes. Right. Yeah, because uh, even though my niece has been gone a long time, you know, over 10 years, right. uh, once in a while I'll look at her picture and go, you're gone? Like, mm-hmm. what the heck? And she was only oh, 14, yeah. you know? And uh, she was like my daughter. So, right. you know, this is uh, strange. And, you know, my... Yeah, yeah, my best friend lost his 19-year-old. And when you turn around, these people are gone. But, you know, I had that with my father. He passed. It took three years. He came to me in a dream. And I I didn't, that's why we were talking about earlier, looking for rules and everything else. So he came to me in a dream, and he was young again. His leg was back, you know, because he had lost his leg and had diabetes and had suffered at the end. And he was whole again. Really? Wow, yeah. Wow. And that's often the case. A lot of people have experiences like that with passed on loved ones, um, parents or older relatives that, you know, then then they're younger in a dream. My father passed away five and a half years ago, and I think it took two to three years before, you know, I I had a dream about him. And now, I mean, I had one within the past week, and it's now in the dreams, it's like, it's like he's he's there. He he's still here, and and you know he's energetic. He's not you know in the body that was declining and failing. Mm-hmm. Right. Because my dad was my young heart. again when I saw him. He was so he was like my dad was so handsome when he yeah. walked into the womb. The room, the men and the women turned around to look at him. Right, right. And he was yeah, like my... that again. He was like, uh, and I could feel him when I woke up because he said to me, as my dad said, this was three years after he died, and I didn't know if he was ever ever coming to me. I, I didn't have the anticipation either. I did not know, so I was floored when he did it. And he said, I want to tell you, because we had a lot of stuff un- left unsaid. He said, I want to tell you how much I love you and that I'm sorry. He said, I'm aware that I'll let you down. He said, I yeah. was going to make it up to you, but I died. You know, and he said, I love you. And I said, I forgive you, Daddy. And it was all gone. There's no pain anymore or anything. I just forgave him, you know, one yeah. of the things that went wrong. And he was young. And at, when I woke up my eyes, it was almost like somebody just popped a bottle of champagne in the room. It was like mm. effervescent in the room. And then I realized yeah. they're so healthy and they're so happy. You know, they're absent from here. But they're yeah. they're alive, just just a little mm-hmm. thin veil away, really. You know, you so know, we have to we have faith. You know, when my son, there was a few dreams. They weren't really, they're you know like moments. You know, when he was his age. You know, um, and he was like in this glass. There was this glass wall, and he was trying to talk to me. And I couldn't hear him, and he was trying to get through, you know, a couple of dreams like that, um, where he was trying to come home. He couldn't come in the door, you know. I'd hear the doorbell ring, and um, 
But the other dreams that I had of him, he was little. He was a little boy. Mm-hmm. And um, and he was always, like, away, you know, and I was trying to get to him. or um, I have had a couple of, you know, flash, I mean, a minute, just a second, you know, of a realization, you know, of him mm-hmm. hugging me, mm-hmm. you know, in one one night. But it was so fast that it was so quick that I think that's just, you know, I wouldn't let him go. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, they don't want to hurt us either. So, you know, but I, this is what I know. I know it with all my heart is that we're all going to see each other again. Absolutely. You know, that we have a job here to do, and you still have a job, Sharon, that you still got to get, get doing, and it could be a slower slower down version of what you're used to. You know, you just got to work within your limitations and, and try mm-hmm. to do the best you can. Because I'm telling you, because I'm, I'm a lot older, uh-huh. I'm in a lot more pain, and I just struggle up to work every day, struggle back home, I don't get to party after work because I'm tired, join me. But then it's it's still part of my life at the moment, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Believe me, right. in three years I'm going to be happy going and selling my books. Let's put it that way. So it's <laughs> going to be different. So even if you're going to be doing artwork or I writing so or I, yeah, I need to do. You know, my mom was writing a book and um, hmm. never got it finished. I got to try to finish that for her. Why don't you do that? I can't even. Uh, oh, I'm just trying to get the house. There's so much going well, on. I, I don't well, do want to get into it. Well, do it bit by bit, you know. Do it bit by bit. Whatever's in front bit, of bit, you. Bit and, by bit is a good I do, approach. Yeah, bit by bit. And the next indicated thing, the next important thing. So that's what I break it down to. Bit by bit, the next important, the next indicated thing, meaning the next important thing. You know, just approach that it like that. That way you're not overwhelmed. Yeah, because we all we all have to do it. Yeah, we all have to do it, and then get overwhelmed. You get kind of stuck and frozen. Mm-hmm. You know. So uh, you know, uh, I actually have been emailing with. Uh, I'm trying to get her on the show, Vincent Price's daughter. So we've been emailing oh. back and forth, right? Yeah, I know it's so cool. But anyway, so her name is Victoria Price, and she wrote a book about her dad. But it's her dad's story, mm-hmm. you know. And that's what I was thinking about for Sharon. You know, Sharon, right? Come finish that book. And, and do put your point of view and do research and put her stuff in there, too. She put so much stuff interesting about her dad, you know, that I love this book. And it's still available on Amazon. And uh, she's like a, a decorator and stuff like that. So, um, when did, you he know. Didn't, he didn't die that long ago, did he? I think he did. I think it, uh, I don't know, and I'll have, I can't reach for the it's book either. It's been a while. Like yeah, it's been a little while, but... I think shorter than that, but, you know, the way she did it, though, uh, she got his letters, she's got his uh, pictures, Got she did stuff like that, so it was almost oh. like it turned into a research project, so I'm just sort of kind of right. advising, maybe you can start a, the rest of it as a research thing, you know, where yeah. she left off, pick up, you know, and start researching, you know, the family oh, tree. Or, oh, yes. Oh, I had some ideas of books like that that I wanted to do, but my mom, her books were children's books. Were, you know, she had this incredible 
you know, she could just write anything in a, in a heartbeat. I mean, you know, within two minutes, she could write any story about anything. She she took inanimate objects. You know, like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, Beauty and the Beast, my favorite, yeah. when all the teacups and everything come to life, mm-hmm. that's the kind of stuff my mother wrote. And she wrote that long before. Beauty How nice. Figure out, you know, or um, Angels in the Outfield. That She has a whole thing in her book about angels helping the kids play volleyball. I mean, this is, and this was all before those movies came out. And it's wow. just sad Maybe that you should start she publishing some of that. Yeah. You know, you can self-publish, and what they do on Amazon, they just they publish on demand. So you're not going to be stuck with a big uh, price over and your head. Toy. And they're just... Yeah, they're built, they're, they're at, yeah, inventory, and they're just published on demand. Like when somebody orders one, they make a book and send it out. Try to look into that and start making the publisher yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'm so know. frustrated. It's like I feel like my life's going to be over before I can even start, you know. There's such so much mess to get in order. Well, well again, it. that goes back to what Char suggested, which I think is an excellent idea mm-hmm. of of just one thing at a time. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do, but I move so slow with with my health, you know. Um, well, I'll drink to that. Plus, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Get better and, uh, okay, so, uh, a Temple uh, in the chat room said Lulu.com is good for book publishing. So L-U-L-U.com. You could even a lot just of people take one use of those Lulu. And, yeah, and then what you do is like what uh, Diane was talking about. Email the book. We just email it. You don't have to, you know, whatever it is. Email the book and see if it'd be published. You could even start with one uh, book and just see if it could get published or publish it yourself for the, yeah. for the kids. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Just take. I do have my yeah. uncle Louis book too, but he didn't publish it. But I do have it. You know, I'll do that, too, eventually. But, you know, I want to thank you, uh, Sharon, for calling in. I, I really appreciate yeah. it. How's Nebraska thank right now? Are you freezing your butt it's off? Cold. Yeah, it's <laughs> cold. <laughs> thank I'll bet it's cold. cold. Well, stay warm. Get you some nice warm tea. Say your prayers and just do one little thing yeah. at a time, and I'll pray for you, Sharon, okay? Thanks, honey. I will, too, Sharon. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, I'm muting you, but I love you. Okay, bye. Okay, thank you. All right, bye. Bye, Bye, Sharon. Okay. Yeah, um, you know, that's, uh, I think that it, yeah, uh, Temple said order pizza. Get some tea and order pizza. (laughs) (laughs) That pizza therapy works once in a while. It really does. So um, It can. Anyway, it can. We had about five minutes, Diane, and. Uh, what are your current projects? What's going on? Well, what's with regard up? to writing, it's it's. I'm still, I'm still tweaking the Born Aware book, and should be hearing back from the publisher on that in the next. I think in the next couple of weeks. And other than that, you know, I'm working with clients. I have a mentoring group. Um, I teach especially intuition, to others. And I continue to do some of the research, the environmental research, even though I I stopped doing my radio show a 
gosh, that was a mm-hmm. year and a half ago. Wow. So I'm I'm always working. <laughs> I'm always yeah. working. It's, uh, you know, if you ever do want to do any radio, you can always do a guest host with me and get somebody you want on here anytime, really. You know what I mean? Because I, I do what I want. <laughs> That's wonderful, Char. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm getting that way now. You know what I mean? Because I do what I want. That's why. <laughs> so, oh, I know. Also, what? I said, I know when you said I do it all. I said, oh, I know. I can relate. And I do it, and I do what I want. Anyway, so you can also uh, contact Diane at is uh, the Diane at DianeBrandon.com. Mm-hmm. Is that where you want people to contact you? And then uh, yes. the number. You can your website. That's what I'm referring to. I'm I'm sorry. I just I just uh, missed that. I think it was blanking out a little bit. Okay. All right. Uh, if people want to call you, uh, see uh, all her information about her seminars, her videos, her books, everything. I found them on Amazon, but you can actually find them on her website. So, Diane, tell them uh, your website. My website is very easy. It's dianebrandon.com, which is D-I-A-N-E-B-R-A-N-D-O-N.com. And, yes, it has a lot of information on it. I do list all the, the books the CDs. I have a couple of meditation CDs. I also have made most of the exercises from my book on intuition available as MP3s, as as, um, audio files. There's a lot on the website. It has my contact information, you know, my, my upcoming schedule. So that is, that is easy to find. I also have a, a dream group on Facebook. And that dream group is called your dream world. You know, people post post dreams, and and I interpret. I place interpretations. Sometimes the other members place interpretations. So, and I do I do consultations. I do private consultations via Skype or by phone. So I am I am easily findable. <laughs> That's right. So you can actually do uh by Skype you can actually do sessions and things like that. So I highly recommend this lady and you know, uh she's very well learned and uh has uh earned her chops and uh just go over to her website. It's 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 rich with uh actually it's it really uh tells me a lot about you, Diane yourself. You know, you're a wealth of information and uh You've gone deep into the the river of spirituality, and uh, you're coming out with an understanding that's beautiful to be around and to watch, and you know what I mean. And I can hardly wait for the next thing to happen. So you know, oh, uh, your dream you, sure. inter- you're very welcome. Your dream interpretation for beginners book is out now, and uh, go ahead and go there on Amazon. You can also go to dianebrandon.com. Uh, to find out. She has a lot of uh, published writings on there, too, that are really great to read. And uh, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. You know, you've been a wonderful guest, and uh, I wish you the best of everything, and uh, you're welcome on the show anytime. Thank you so much, Char. It has been such a pleasure to be with you and to, and to chat. Thank you. Me too. Take care, and good night. Take care. 
<laughs> Thank Bye-bye. you. Good night. Okay, so, uh, yeah, I want to thank everybody in chat. You know, I have the smart people in there and then people that called in. And I want to thank you so much. You know, you're in our thoughts and, and prayers. And uh, I just wish you the best of everything. I want to thank Diane Brandon again. And uh, go to her website, website com, And she has a wealth of information, all her books, her videos, and uh, her interviews on there. And some uh, videos of her show that she did in the past. So, I want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight, and the show will be available in archives a little while after the show. So let's see. Next week, we have part two of Illuminati with my my uh, good rocker friends, Curtis, Don Vito, and Kelly McGee. So they're going to be here next week, and uh, we're going to go Illuminati 2. And I'll uh, see you next week. And uh, they're handsome guys, and they have greatest voices. I'll be on here with men. Oh, my God. Anyway, love you. See you next week. Bye, Temple. Bye, everybody. God bless. Take care. Bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.